0: In 2 Timothy chapter 1, I told somebody earlier this week, I said, you know, Chris preached this morning, and I said, I may just unload tonight, I don't know what will happen, but uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, the Lord led me here, and uh, this is something that, that we need to, to, to really study into tonight, and I'm just going to try to go by this just verse by verse, and and, and preach on it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you find that, please stand to honor the reading of God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also... Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, and thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by putting on of my hands. Here's the verse now. Pay attention to this. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. One more time. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of love. And of a sound mind. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, thank you for all that you do. God, thank you for the good day that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the service we've had this morning. But God, that's behind us, Lord, and we just pray for, Lord, the time and the word right now. God, I just pray that you would use me as your vessel. God, I'm absolutely unworthy to stand here tonight. God, I just pray that that your word would do the speaking, Lord, and I could just be the mouthpiece. God, be the vessel. Lord, I just pray that you would touch each one that's here. God, let us glean something tonight, God, that we could take it and apply it to our lives. Lord, I just pray that you would bless each one with an extra special blessing that's here tonight. Lord, we love you. God, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you knew, let me ask you this question, and and this is a rhetorical question, but, but if you knew... That you were about to be executed and you had one more letter to write, what would you say in it? What advice would you give? If, if you were in prison for something, and 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 I hope nobody in here ever ends up in that situation, but but you have to understand that Paul, at this, at this moment, the book of 2 Timothy is what we believe to be Paul's last writing. It's the last time that Paul. Uh, was able to, to, to talk to Luke and tell him what to write down. And so Paul, when he wrote his last letter, could have wrote it to anybody. See, Paul wrote uh, started many churches, and he could have written to any of the churches. He could have picked the best church that he started, maybe the Philippian church or the church in Colossus, or, or maybe any other place, or maybe he thought, maybe I need to write the Corinthians. But no, at the end of Paul's life, he decided to write Timothy. I want you to understand the situation that this man's in, and I've talked about it before. He's in prison, and he is imminently facing an executioner's axe. It's not that Paul's about to die of old age. He's he's not just just getting sick and thinking, well, this is the end of my life. He's thinking that any day that there's going to be some Roman soldiers come down to the pit he's in and drag him out and take him to the chopping block and chop his head off. And in light of that, he decides, hey, I may have just one last chance to write somebody. I may have one last chance to talk, somebody, talk to somebody and give them a little bit of advice, a little bit of encouragement. So Paul takes his time, and he writes to Timothy. Now, we notice in the first few verses, if you look there, and I'll try to find it very quickly, he says that, that Timothy, in verse number 2, "...to Timothy, my dearly beloved son." And then the next three words are only reserved for people that it seems that Paul really loves. He says grace, mercy, and peace. Now Paul doesn't say that in a lot of his letters. But he says from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul is, is preparing Timothy. Now you have to imagine that Timothy is a young pastor. He's a guy that, that Paul won to the Lord when he went to, to Timothy's hometown and he led him to the Lord. But I want you to see that there's something very important mentioned about Timothy. See, Timothy, even though Paul won him to the Lord, there were some other people that affected the life of Timothy. See, I can, I can go out and, and I can win anybody to the Lord. Maybe I, I'd go out and win a young person to the Lord. But see, I don't spend all the time with that young person, do I? I don't, I don't spend every minute of my time with people that I win to the Lord And so Paul couldn't either. So he says in verse number 5, I want you to see this, and we're going to stop here and part for just a few minutes. But he says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Now the first thing he talks about is the faith that Timothy already had. Not was about to have, but the faith that Timothy had. I want you to understand that Paul knew that he was about to die, that Paul was about to go out of this world, and that he was about to leave some of the churches that he started in the hands of this young man. Paul was about to go out and he was saying, Timothy, you've got to be strong in the faith, and I know you have the faith. He said, but it didn't just start with you. And he goes on to say, he says, the unfeigned faith or the the unmovable faith, the faith that doesn't change that is in thee, but it says, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois. And it says, and thy mother Eunice. And he says, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Now here's just an interesting little factoid for you that the word grandfather is never mentioned in the Bible. And this is the only reference that you're going to find of grandmother. And when it mentioned, how many of your grandmothers in here? Some of you are, are you, are you proud to be a grandmother? How many of you love your grandchildren? Now, my, my dad's here, and my mom passed away several years ago, and she was proud of her grandkids. And, and I know that grandparents are proud of their grandbabies, aren't they? I mean, honestly, I told Dad last night, I said, well, Barrett and Shaylee's not going to be at church, and I'm surprised he didn't just say, well, I just won't come then. No, I'm just kidding, Dad. But but I know I, we we left Barrett with my dad last night, and I know that that he loved him. He loves him, and there's that special bond, isn't there, with your with your grandchildren? And and I just want to say that Paul saw this in the life of Timothy, that what Paul could not pour into Timothy, Lois and Eunice could. See, they had a special impact on their son and on their grandson. And I just want to say this tonight, that that if you're a grandparent and and you think, well, maybe I'm getting older and there's not a whole lot I can do, or, or maybe you're an older person, even without grandchildren, I just want to say this tonight because I'm generally preaching to an older crowd tonight, so that's why I kind of want to tell you this. Pour something into a young person. If you have grandchildren, pour something into them. Kids think they got it all figured out, Right? They really do. Parker, he's got it all figured out, don't you, buddy? Yeah, he's nodding his head. <laughs> I appreciate honesty. I'm just going to come let him preach since he's got it all figured out. But I know that they're sitting there and they're pouring everything that they can into that boy right there. And they're doing so much. And, and I think about all the things that, that my grandparents and my parents taught me that the preacher never did. Now, I've been in church all my life. You know that? I mean, I'm like Brother Chris that talked this morning. You can ask my dad that, that nine months before I was born, we went to church. I mean, we did. We were going to go to church, and, and I appreciate that. I'm glad I had parents that took me to church. But the preacher only got to see me one or two times a week, and then I went home with them. And, and when I went with them, a lot of times I was with my grandparents, and they were teaching me things. Did you know that, that when a kid is, is young, that their, their mind is still malleable? I don't, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but older people are setting their ways. You're not going to change them. Amen? Did I make anybody mad? I didn't, did I? Some of you look mad right now. But it's the truth. But when you get somebody young and you get somebody smaller, or even, even younger people, I say young, Masons, how old are you, 18 or 19? 18 or 19, we can, you can still have an impact on him. And you can still reach out to him. And even the smaller ones and, and younger folks, these people had an impact. And what was that impact that they had on Timothy? It was the faith that they poured into him. It says that that faith was unfeigned, that that faith was not movable, that that faith was going to be hard to discourage. And he said, it started in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. You know, I have a responsibility as a parent to pour into my children. I absolutely do. But I have a responsibility as as a pastor to try to pour into other people's children. But you, you all have an opportunity as, as older folks and parents and whoever it is to pour into the younger people in this church. You know, Andrew's sitting over here on the, on the front pew and, and Cecil has poured a whole lot into him. But I'm sure that Gary could teach Andrew things that Cecil didn't. Just for an example. Wouldn't you agree with that, Brother Gary? You could probably teach Andrew a thing or two, couldn't you? Probably teach him how to play a guitar a little better, better couldn't you? <laughs> we can learn so much and, and, and younger people, anybody that's younger in here, Austin and Daniel and, and Sierra and, and Anthony's 25, but, but however old he is, listen to these older folks. I want to talk to the younger folks too. There's not many of you in here tonight. But if an older person is telling you something, listen to them because they've been there. They've done that. They've been through these battles. They've got experience that you don't have as a pastor. I may be the pastor of this church, but I don't know everything. And I have to take advice from people. And he's not here tonight, so I'll talk to him. I'll preach on him just a little bit. But do you know who gives me a lot of pastoral advice in this church? Brother Albert Harris. Now He's not a pastor. He's not a preacher that I know of. I know his son is a real good preacher. But Brother Albert, he'll walk up to him and he'll say, Come here, preacher. He, he don't call me Brother Seth. He'll say, come here, preacher, and he'll tell me something to do. And if I do it, it it works out for the better. And he say, he says, you want me to teach you how to make people like you? And I'll say, yes, Brother Albert, please teach me something. And, and I like to glean from him. He's the oldest member of the church, and, and he can teach me something, and he continually does. Watch what you teach your kids. Watch what you teach grandkids. Watch what you teach those around you because Lois and Eunice taught Timothy the faith. The faith. It came from his mother and his grandmother. That's one part of it going through the Scripture. In verse number 6, he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands." Now, kind of shifting gears here, Paul is telling Timothy, first he talks about Timothy's faith, and then not only does he talk about Timothy's faith, but then he talks about the gifts that God gave Timothy. Everybody in here has a gift. Wouldn't you agree with that statement? Some some gifts for people are obvious. It's really easy to look at some people and say, I know what their gift is. I can just meet some people and shake their hand and talk to them for five minutes and say I know what their gift is. But some people I don't. Some people I still don't. But I'm convinced of this, whether I know it or not, God has given you a gift, a spiritual gift. God has given you something and uniquely gifted you as an individual. And so Paul says this, and I believe that Timothy was a very gifted person. Now, I'll just talk about this for just a minute and don't want to get too far deep in it, but most Bible scholars will believe that the only person that had all the spiritual gifts was the Apostle Paul. They believe that he had every gift that you could have, but Timothy probably didn't have all the gifts. He probably didn't have the charisma that Paul had. He probably didn't have the boldness. He may not have had the knowledge, but the, the fact of the matter is that no matter what he had, Paul said that he needed to be using it. Why, how do I know that? Because he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance of that that you stir up or, or that you, you, you use it, the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So, you know, sometimes we, we know what our gift is and we just don't use it. It's obvious to us and we know it, but, but so many people don't do that. I will encourage you tonight, just like Paul encouraged Timothy to stir up whatever gift you have. To just reach in there, and sometimes that's what you have to do. You know, if, if water sits too long, what happens to it? It stagnates, right? If it's not moving, and you've got to stir it up. You've got to move it and get it moving again. And that's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy here, that, that each one of us is uniquely gifted, and that we need to be stirring it up. Verse 7, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the the spirit of fear. And so he talks about Timothy's faith. And then he talks about Timothy's gifts. Why is he doing that? Because Timothy is about to have to face life without Paul. See, I'm sure that when Timothy was out there starting churches, when he was out there pastoring, I, I have no doubt in my mind that there were far more correspondences between Timothy and Paul than we have right here. No doubt. No doubt there was. And Timothy leaned on Paul. He depended on Paul for Paul's knowledge, for his advice, for his apostolic authority. All these things that Paul had to offer were suddenly about to come to an end. Now you have to imagine that that would be a scary thing, wouldn't it? When when somebody, uh, when somebody dies, there's a change, right? Automatically. There, there, when somebody passes away, there's going to be some kind of change. But Paul had an impact on the world that I would say like no other person besides Jesus Christ had on the world. He would see thousands of people saved. He started churches. We're still reading his teachings 2,000 years later. He had such a great impact, and yet that, that he was about to die. He was just immortal like you and me, and his life was about to come to an end. And he was putting some of this responsibility in the hands of Timothy. A great responsibility. And I don't know about you, but, but when thing, when big things are happening in my life, when major things are about to take place, sometimes I get a little scared, don't you? When you're about to have a, a big undertaking, you get a little nervous sometimes, don't you? When Anybody bought a house, like made a really big purchase like a house, and, and you get nervous about it? You do, right? Agree with me. If you don't, then I need to have your kind of money, I guess. I don't know. But you all know what I mean. You understand where I'm coming from, right? That that when there's a big change, when something big is about to take place in your life, you get a little nervous. When change happens, we get nervous, don't we? And this, there was about to be a big change in Timothy's life. The Apostle Paul was, was no doubt just staring down, looking at the block, saying the executioner is going to come get me. And Timothy's saying, I'm about to lose the guy that's taught me everything. I'm about to lose my spiritual father here. And no doubt there was a spirit of fear in him. There was a, a spirit and he, he said, what am I going to do when, when there's a problem in the church and I don't know how to handle it and I can't write Paul a letter and ask him for his advice or I can't go to him or he, can, he don't start more churches. Whatever the situation is, there was no doubt an element of fear in Timothy's life. And I look around churches today and you know what I see? An element of fear. Wouldn't you agree? That Christians are, are sometimes they're, they're just scared to do anything. We get scared and we look around at the things that are going, around, uh, going on around us and, and it seems like that we have a sense of fear sometimes. And we get scared and, and we get scared about doing things or, or talking to certain people or reaching out or doing things that we've never done before. But that's not of God. Fear, it, it's not of God. It says that God hath not given us the spirit of fear. If you're, if you're scared of something, if you're afraid of, of, of something that's happening in your life, did you know God didn't give that to you? That's pretty, that's pretty strange to think about, isn't it? But I'm not making that up. That's not my opinion. I can stand on the authority of the Word of God that says if you have the spirit of fear, that God's not in it. But God did give us a spirit. God gave us the Holy Spirit, but there's more spirits besides the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? There's a lot of spirits. There's all kinds of spirits in the world. The Bible says that we, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but we, we fight a spiritual battle. And there's all kinds of spirits. There, there can be different spirits in a church service. There can be the Holy Spirit moving. There can be the spirit of conviction. But there can also be the spirit of distraction, the spirit of fear, the spirit of pride. In all kinds of spirit, there, there, we, we're in a spiritual war. And we need to understand that. We need to take hold of that. And Paul said that we don't have, we shouldn't have, or we, if we do, it's not of God, the spirit of fear. But what did he give us the spirit of? Well, first he gave us the spirit of power. Now, I, I've not, I'm not, I don't have any power on my own. I absolutely do not. But I come in the name of God. And God has all power. God is omnipotent. Amen. He has all power that's ever been. And we should, in light of that, we shouldn't be really scared of anything. We shouldn't fear anything knowing that we have the spirit of the power of God. But not only do that, we have that, but we have the spirit of love. Well, I wish some churches would get a hold of this, don't you? The spirit of love. I wish some individuals would get a hold of the spirit of love. Paul said, Timothy, he said, I know you're scared. I understand that you're, you have a big undertaking. He said, but, but Timothy, God is on your side. You have the power of God. He said, but not only do you have that. He said, but you have the spirit of love. I believe that Paul loved people. And, and, and as we as Christians, we ought to love people. Did you know that? We absolutely should. I, I think that's one thing that we fall short of is we just don't love people like we should. Because just as I said in the, the, the little thing I said before prayer, I'm concerned because people are going to die and go to hell. Why? Because I love those folks. You know, I've got, I've got close family members that are unsaved and I love them and I don't want them to go to hell But see, it it shouldn't stop there at our families. God has given us, who? The Christians, the church, the spirit of love. We should care deeply about those around us, but it seems like that that if we're not careful, we just get concerned about ourselves. We just think about ourselves and we have a selfish attitude. But then he goes on to say, I really like this one because I, I think some of us are missing it in the spirit of a sound mind a sound mind you know if, if Satan fights us anywhere I've said it it's right here it's in our mind that's where I fight most of my battles I've never I've never had a bit of persecution come against me you know that the closest I've ever been to being persecuted as a Christian when I was walking through a Muslim neighborhood and was told to leave that's as close as I've come to persecution and I was ready to leave. All right. I'm not gonna lie to you. I got a spirit of fear right then. I did. I I'm I'm telling you the truth. And I've never I've never faced the things that Paul faced. I've never faced the executioners' acts. I've never been locked up in prison. I've never faced any of those things. But I have faced a lot of things right here. I faced a lot of things that that. The, the devil tries to get inside of my head and he lies to me and and here's the bad part about it is not only does Satan lie to us but we believe him don't we we believe him he'll get in our he'll get in our heads and he'll tell us some things and before you know it he'll tell us enough that we start to believe him and we'll start being fearful because of that won't we brother Gary We'll think Satan will tell us we're not good enough or we're not strong enough or we don't have enough faith. And he'll tell us that in our mind, and we'll get fearful. But God said no. If you if you want to avoid having a fearful mind or having a fearful spirit, he said, Have a sound mind. A mind that is sound, a mind that is is founded, a mind that is 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 upon the rock. And that rock is who? Jesus. He said to have a sound mind. God gave us that spirit. Do you understand that? When it said that, it says that God didn't give us the spirit of fear. But what he did give us was the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. If you're saved, somewhere in you, you have those spirits. Or at least you should. But sometimes those spirits, they get overtaken by the spirit of fear. They get overtaken by the spirit of pride. And, and all these other things, all these spirits that we shouldn't have, but we do. And, and Paul says that they're not of God. Timothy was is, is a great guy, and we don't hear much about him. But he had a big challenge, but he had a big God, didn't he? And each of us... Uh, are, are, are tasked with the same thing that Timothy was tasked with. And that is to go into a a sinful world and tell people about Jesus. Did you know that's our mission? It's simple, isn't it? Well, I think I, I, I sometimes we overcomplicate it so bad. Uh, you know, I got up here and I made, what, five minutes worth of announcements of things that we're doing, and it gets complicated sometimes. But at the end of the day, my job is to go out there and win people to Jesus that's it that's what I'm to do and you can't do that with a spirit of fear I'll, I'll just tell you this can I confess something to you that I'm an introvert can y'all tell that do y'all know what an introvert is you do don't you I mean I have to get up here and I have to stand in front of the uh, in front of the crowd and, and talk to you and I don't mind being in front of you I don't like being in, the in crowds all right that's just the honest truth But as an introvert, sometimes I'm scared to talk to people. That's just how it is. I I see some people agreeing with me, nodding your head. Uh, Is anybody in here that way? I am. I am. You know, uh, there's some people in this world that can just walk up and strike up a conversation. Anybody come to mind in this sanctuary? That'd be Brother Cecil, right? (laughs) Cecil could strike up a conversation with his pulpit. I'm telling you, he really could. But that's not me. And I have that spirit of fear sometimes. And Satan tells me, hey, as the pastor of that church, that church is not going to grow. or that You're not doing it right. And all these things. And I get the spirit of fear inside of me. And I have to stop and I have to reassess and I have to say, wait a minute. The Bible says that I have the, the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. And there's no room for fear. There's no room for that. I want you to understand that if you will step out on faith, just as Timothy was just, he was about to be forced to step out on his own, if you'll step out on faith, God will be with you. God, it, it, the power of God goes with Christians. I want you to understand that. We have God on our side. Isn't that a blessing? I, I've been talking Wednesday nights uh, about, I've been talking about cults and, and uh, you know, I'm, call names jehovah's witness mormons and and folks that we know that that don't believe us but i'll say this about the jehovah's witness they'll outwork any baptist by far oh they will they'll, they'll beat your door down they'll give you literature they'll come and they'll make it sound good and then their church is growing but you know what they don't have the power of god How, how's that work you ever think about that? These people go out and they work their self to death and don't even have God on their side. And here we are, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the power of God, we have the Spirit of love, and we have the Spirit of a sound mind. What can we accomplish with those things? But instead they're so often overtaken with the spirit of fear. I've talked about Timothy's faith. I've talked about his, his, his spirit that he had. He was a great young man, and Paul wanted to tell those things. He wanted to just reinforce those things to Timothy because he was about to undertake a mission. I want you to understand, church, that that God will bless us if we're in his will. And I know Timothy was in God's will, or Paul wouldn't have been writing him a letter before he died. And if we as individuals can get in in the center of God's will and have those spirits in our life, God will bless us. I'm not talking about that God will bless us financially all the time. God will do that too. But I'm talking about that God will bless us with spiritual blessings. God will give us souls for our labor. And God will give us things that we never imagined as Christians if we will just do what He says. If we'll just do what He says. If we'll just have these spirits. If we'll just just have the faith that we're supposed to have. If we'll just do it. God will bless it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for your wonderful word. Lord, I thank you for the example of the Apostle Paul and what he said to this young man, Timothy. God, I pray that we would take your word to heart and, Lord, that we would we would just apply it to our lives. And, God, that we would understand that you've given us all faith in you. God, you've given us all gifts. And, Lord, that you've given us all some sort of spirit. And that spirit is the spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. God, let us, when we face the week, this coming week, God, let us not be fearful. God, help us not to be scared of those, the, the unknown that's around us. But God, help us to face it knowing that you are on our side. God, I just pray that you would touch this church. God, help us as individuals. God, help me as the pastor. Lord, to be able to preach the word. And God, stand on it. Lord, help the leadership of this church, God, that, that the church would go in the right direction, that we could be in the center of your will. And God, I just pray that, that right now, Lord, that, that if lost people come into this church, God, that they would be convicted. And that, Lord, that they couldn't walk out the same as they came in. Lord, be with us this week. God, we praise you and we thank you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.